Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life Podcast. I am super excited to have Fred Corey from Smart Business on with me today. We get into talking about success in business, success in life, and you know, Fred has personally made a huge impact in my life and on so many people here in Northeast Ohio and, and beyond through what he's done professionally and personally and just how giving he is of his time and his talents. So excited to share all of the learnings that we have. And just wanted to also talk about uh, one, one other quick thing. At the end of the podcast, I'm gonna start something new. I'm going to start via some suggestions from some of our listeners, just a quick recap of what I saw, some key takeaways that I had. And at the end, if um, you know, if you listen to this, and I would encourage you to you know, take some action from these things and not just be entertainment. But um, I'd love to know, you know, what you're getting from this and what, after you listen to the interview and, and think about it, you know, what actions or adjustments you've had. I'd love to know so if you could share those with us. That would be fantastic. Well, without further ado, enjoy the conversation with Fred. Well, Fred, thank you so much for being with us on the ISI Life podcast. Um, super excited to connect with you. I wanted to just thank you. I know you've got a lot of commitments and um, I want to thank you first and foremost for um, some of your early connections. I know when we brought in some of our speakers, you were instrumental in making that happen. So just thank you for being here today and thanks for all that you've done uh, to help us get this thing going. Sure thing, Nick. So, um, you know, I want to give a chance for the audience to kind of get to know you a little bit and a little bit about your upbringing, you know, background. And uh, so just give us a little, little bit of a glimpse into who Fred Corey is. Okay, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for considering me to be on this uh, audio cast this morning. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I grew up in Lorain, Ohio, which is about 30 miles west of Cleveland, uh, industrial town. Uh, four siblings come from a Lebanese family. My father was a very prominent attorney in town, also was involved with real estate and other kinds of investments, and just grew up in a very loving household. Uh, went to um, uh, junior high, high school, had a lot of great friends, uh, went off to college, and uh, just had a lot of fun in college. Wasn't really concentrating or focused on my career or studies, and um, just looked at it as a four-year vacation while I was there. Actually, I thought it was just fantastic until everybody <laughs> senior year was looking uh, to get a job. And I had no idea what I wanted to do for a living. I decided to try to go to law school. I applied late, had to sit out a year. So I went to Ohio State and uh, took some continuing education classes there. While I was there, my sister married a guy in Boston who was in the seafood business. His family owned one of the largest lobster companies in the world. And uh, he wanted to start his own business. He had 24, 25 first cousins, two with the same first name as his. And he wanted to leave his father's business, where his dad owned it with four brothers, and start his own. And while I was in, uh, taking uh, graduate classes, uh, he asked if I would sell part-time for him, which I did. And when I was uh, selling for him while I was in school, I landed a big account. And he came in with a suit on. He offered me a full-time job. I quit school, and I went to go work for him for a few years. <laughs> so I ended up selling commodities, and I became very good at it. Uh, I think part of it was his management style was, you know, um, don't call or come to the office unless you get a deal. It was East Coastern mentality hmm. of uh, basically um, succeed at all costs. And so I really did not enjoy what I was doing. I was there for about three and a half years. I left there, and I decided to move back to Cleveland. I was still living in Columbus at the time, commuting to Boston. I came back to Cleveland and started a business with a couple other friends, and uh, it just took off. I mean, everything we touched seemed to turn to gold. Over the next five years, um, the company really grew, 
And uh, I remember we, uh, we were written up in the Wall Street Journal. We were recognized as the fourth fastest growing company in Cleveland. Uh, we were 20,000 square foot office space uh, with about 120 employees. And I remember thinking there was something missing. Hmm. And, um, and then that led me to go to the Billy Graham crusade, which uh, Billy Graham, for some of the people who are, may not be familiar with him, is an evangelist, uh, probably the greatest evangelist that ever lived down at the old Cleveland Brown Stadium. And uh, he was sharing the gospel that day, and I knew something was missing in my life. And after I heard him speaking, a quarter million people went to go hear him speak that weekend. And I remember I wanted to go because why would a quarter million people go hear him speak? And I remember when he spoke, I knew at that point I was lost. At that point, I did not understand the meaning of life, even though I had all these earthly possessions. I had a Mercedes, a BMW. I lived on the lake and I had all these other things going on. There was still something missing in my life. And that's where I accepted Christ and everything changed at that point, Nick. And I'll stop right there and pause. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What a you know, you have all this success, but still felt like there was this, you know, thing missing. And that, uh, that Billy Graham crusade wasn't, um, wasn't there multiple people from your, you know, your business and family were, were at that event. Is that right? Well, you know, the chair of the event, Gordon Heffern at the time was the president of the old society bank that was bought by key bank. He heard that a, a father and a son both became believers at that event. And my father was there unbeknown to me with my mom and my sister was also there. And we all accepted Christ that day, and none of us realized that each other were there. So you guys were all just there, all just there, you know, independently, but all made that decision on that day. We made the decision that day, and they had asked us to come <laughs> to the wrap-up session uh, to share our stories with uh, the group that helped put on the event. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how long did it take you guys to piece that together? It took me fact? about a month to piece, maybe a couple weeks, two, three weeks to piece my father. I remember going... He was reading on the, his back patio. He has a glass room in his house. And I remember he had his glasses on and he was holding his paper in his hand. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, I said, you went to the Billy Graham crusade. I said, is there something different about you? And I remember he set the newspaper down and tears started coming out of his eyes. He goes, something changed with me. Oh my he gosh. didn't know what it was. It was his mm. heart that changed. Mm. Oh, my gosh. What a what a powerful, Powerful moment, powerful experience for your family, you know, you and your family. That's, that's unbelievable. I, get I never look back, Nick. I never <laughs> take it for granted. Never look back 26 years later. Wow. That's amazing. What an awesome story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I was, I had watched the, um, the Netflix special on Billy Graham and I didn't know all the details of his, you know, what he did. And, and I knew, I mean, I knew about him and, but man, hearing it in detail, just, he made such a difference in so many people's lives. And I've heard a couple of people that have gone down to, I think it's in Kentucky um, to go see the uh, museum and how impactful that was on their life too. So very cool. Um, awesome. So one of the things, you know, about ISI, we focus on five Fs, one of them being, um, you know, faith is at the center. And we talk about faculty, family, fitness, and finance. And, you know, you've had such, such success in business and in faculty and and success in other areas too. But I think what guys really want to hear the most of is how we can incorporate our faith into our business, um, how it can make us more successful in our business, um, how we can use it to make better decisions. So, you know, I'm just curious, you know, um, you know, specific thoughts on, you know, how we can do that. How can we incorporate our faith into our business and into our faculty? Well, I could just share with you what happened to me. So when I accepted Christ, I remember at work here, things started to change. 
And one of the things that started to change is I remember, you know, 25 years ago, sometimes companies used to pay me extra and I would always um, keep the money. I justified it. I figured, you know what, we're paying people extra. I'm not double checking. You know, they're paying us extra. Mm. And I remember being convicted about that and putting together a letter and starting to send the money back to them saying, we're a company that doesn't keep extra payments. I mean, God started to change my heart. Mm. You know, you overpaid or people that didn't pay us. And we used to sue them automatically. We'd send them a letter. We'd threaten a lawsuit and then we'd take them to small claims court. We stopped doing that about 25 years ago as well. Mm. Um, and we just decided we'll do our best to try to get paid. And, you know, we really, our collections have never been better over the last 25 years. Um, how we treat our people. We have to make changes at work. Um, we don't just throw people on the street. I mean, we treat them with respect. We give them some severance. Um, we help them find a job. We'll write a letter of recommendation. Um, I think it's just, it, it comes from the heart of really wanting to follow Christ and to please Christ. And if that's the person's main mission, which that's my main mission, is just to try to please Christ. Obviously, I don't do it all the time, but that's that's my goal. In doing so, You'll try to do the right things, you know, by people at work or by people at home or wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. And those are, I mean, those are great specific examples. It'd be very easy to take that extra money and just deposit it. They probably didn't know. They probably wouldn't miss it, but it's not the right thing. You know, if, if God was watching you receive that payment, you know, probably wouldn't be, be too pumped about that decision. Right. Um, it's easy to justify it when you need the money and you're trying to pay your bills and you're growing fast and you have no conviction at that time. You yeah. know, it's very easy to justify it. No. It's, that's something we really haven't talked about is, you know, justifying those things that probably would go unnoticed, but, um, are wrong. You know, that's not, that's right. not something we've talked about before. So I appreciate you bringing that up. That's probably a, that's a great tactical, you know, everyday example. Um, you know, and then you spoke to the people component too. And, you know, we try to do that within our business. Uh, we, you know, treat people with grace as much as, you know, as much as we possibly can with, you know, being generous with severance or just, treating them the way that we'd want to be treated and going overboard, you know, um, on that front. And, you know, my experience with that is that these people are, are, you're going to see them sometime down the road. Um, and I think the reputation that you have as a person and a business and, and how you please Christ, you know, is shown in how you treat those people. And, um, so I don't know if you had a similar experience, but it seems the, it seems to be, a powerful thing to keep those relationships rich down the road. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know you're, you're just involved with so many things, so many different people. I'm curious if you have any, uh, you know, other examples of other people that you've come across or maybe, you know, mentors or other people that you look up to that you think also incorporate, you know, faith in, into their business or into their decision-making, um, you know, and, and what it was about those people that, you know, really stood out to you and maybe some, some lessons we could glean from, how they do that? Well, Tony Sepio uh, is uh, a, a, one person that I would say that uh, I've learned a lot from. You know, I, I watched him, and I, I see his family, how beautiful his family is, and I see how he is with his family. And I was getting together with him on a regular basis. And as I was having kids, I got married a little later in life, and uh, was talking to him about, uh, you know, how I could be a good father, how I could be a good husband. I remember the key word he continued to use with me was be intentional, be intentional, be intentional. Mm. And, um, you know, that's always rung uh, in my ears is to be intentional with what things I'm going to do to make sure that I do them. And so when I'm not intentional, I really 
get upset with myself about it because I know that if I'm not intentional, I'm not going to do it. But I would say Tony Sepio is a man of faith, somebody that's been uh, stayed the course, somebody that I look up to, and uh, I just appreciate his faithfulness to the gospel. Uh, a mentor of mine, John Murtha, uh, who, who is not in business, but one of the wisest people that I know, has an office in my building across the hall. I've given him one. Um, is, is somebody that I met 25 years ago. And uh, I went to his Bible studies and uh, continued to grow and learn from him. I took a year off after I went to the Billy Graham Crusade to study the Bible with him because I was so interested in it. And not only did I study the Bible, but I studied some of the other religions as well. Hmm. And I've continued to, uh, he, I would say he would be my Paul, hmm. you know, in, yep. in, in the Bible. It talks about having a Paul and a Timothy for somebody who may be listening who's not a believer. Uh, somebody that you can look up to, who can mentor you, who can kind of bring you along, who's been there, and done that. And he's somebody else that I would say that I look up to, that um, if he was in business, he would be very successful as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, both great, great guys. I, I know Tony a little bit more than I've met John. Um, but just going back to these two guys, what what great examples of, of men. And um, Tony actually was at our very first event. Um, Tony spoke on faculty and i know i know that many people in the room were deeply impacted by um how he approached work how he approached decision making um that intentionality um so yeah uh, great examples of, of great men here in northeast ohio on that on that intentional front just to press into that a little bit um you know are there any you know being intentional with our our faith and our business or just how our faith incorporates into our business decision making are there any intentional things that, you know, you put on your calendar or, or habits, you know, rituals that you do, you know, within your business day or within, within your planning process that, that you feel like are, are important? You know, that, that's a great question. The first thing I'll start with is uh, intentional at home before I talk about business. Sure. Is you you got to get the top button right before you get to the office or all the mm. other buttons seem to be off. If you <laughs> I always try to thank the Lord you know, in the morning when I get up, sometimes I have a lot more time than others. Um, but the point is, is that, you know, being God-centered, you know, trying to focus there. There's been times when I read the Bible for extended period of time, and there's times when I haven't read the Bible. Uh, but the verses are in my heart, or, uh, you know, I can shoot up a long prayer or a short prayer. But then one of the things I always try to do is spend time with my wife in the morning. Even if it's for five minutes, or if it's for a half hour, or an hour, to try to get on the same page. There's so much to cover. There's so much to talk about, whether it's uh, praying together, whether it's special intentions that uh, are on our hearts uh, separately or, or together, whether it's uh, administrative type things, our schedule, our kids or whatever it is to try to get that going uh, just to get my kind of my head cleared by the time I come to the office. Mm -hmm. You know, once I come to the office, I, um, uh, kind of have a, a list of things to do um, that are planned out for that day. And then I'll look at that list of things to do that are prioritized. Now, since COVID hit, it's kind of disrupted everything. And so my schedule's a lot different than it used to be. But I've just adjusted around that. So I do have different habits that I've formed. Um, mm -hmm. Some are good. Some I'd like to change. <laughs> I'd like to become better. <laughs> That's what we um, all do. Yep. But uh, yeah, I've, I've certain business techniques. I've owned a company for 30 years that I do on a routine basis that I think have helped me be consistent um, mm -hmm. you know, in business. 
any, uh, you, you mentioned the, you know, your list, you, know, you come into it. Um, it sounds like you make it the day before or, or in advance and it's prioritized. Um, you sh- I mean, that's one thing that people are always interested in. Is there any, you know, best practices that you found to work for you or maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, I know everybody's technology savvy right now, and I, I'm very, te- I use technology for almost everything, but my list is still a legal pad hmm. and with a big white piece of paper that says to do <laughs> at the top of it. That's and awesome. I have my list of to do's and I turn the page every day. I have it right in front of me right now. Uh, awesome. What my priorities are for today. This is one of the things that was on there. Mm-hmm. And um, so it still stands right out in my face when I come to the office and I sit down at my desk. Hmm. Um, so I, I would say that that is still uh, a lot of the younger generation probably doesn't do that. But for me, um, it's still very helpful. And then if it doesn't get crossed off my list that day, it gets carried over to the next day, I'll rewrite it down again. Yeah. I try to take all the thoughts that are on my head, prioritize them. And, and I'm the... Yeah, that's that's good. Just keep it simple. I I'm the same way. I like uh, just keeping it keeping it simple and something about writing things down. You know, it's able to kind of get all the junk out of my head, uh, get out there. So, absolutely. Well, um, I know you know. I just I know that you've shared um, you know different times I've heard you speak and different you know stories and examples of you know just you know situations or tough decisions or things that happen within your business as it's evolved over you know thirty years. Um, just curious if you have any you know specific stories where you know you weren't really sure what to do or you made a decision the right one or the wrong one where you know you leaned into your faith and it helped you make a decision or maybe you made the wrong one but just any any stories or examples that you think stand out to you yeah i have a couple different stories i'd like to share a recent one i I had a big one where i'll just hit it from a very high level and but then i'll share the the other story more specifically okay so the bigger one is, you know, I don't know how many years ago it was now, maybe 12, 14 years ago, one of my employees out in California hit a guy on a motorcycle, took his leg off, and mm-hmm. I got sued for $10 million because of it, because she worked for me. And respondent superiority is what the law is called. The employer is responsible for the employee. It goes back to the master and slave days. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that I'd be responsible for this employee. And when I went to my insurance company, uh, they had forgotten the place uh, my bigger policy, uh, or I shouldn't say they forgot, but it was called stacking. There was, I was paying for two different policies and they were only willing to cover, uh, one of them at the time. And so I was completely exposed in this situation and God really came through for me, uh, in in a tremendous way, um, in so many different ways. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that was a two years of going through that different, uh, time of, uh, uh, a test and uh, but he was faithful I just continue mm. to seek after him and he was faithful during that time but the story that I like to share with you just briefly a more recent one yeah is uh, a couple years ago uh, we had a client that kept using the F word with our employees mm. and, and uh, he would verbally abuse them so I told my brother who is uh, a partner here with me I said Lee I said get rid of this client I said, um, we don't need a client like this. He said, well, he's already paid us, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and, and he owes us some more money. We have work to do for him. I said, well, that's fine. I said, but we don't just cut it off where he's at now. And just be done with him. We're not going to deal with someone like this. So he tried to give him a warning first. The guy continued to verbally abuse. So wow. he went back to him and said, look, we can't do business with someone like you. And that was it. 
Well, the guy told my brother that if if he didn't pay, if we didn't pay him back the money for the current project that we were working on, that he was going to sue us. So we prayed about it. I said, give him the money back for the current project. And then he came back again. He said, if I don't have all the money that I paid you over the last couple of years back, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> and I said to my brother, something sounds wrong with this guy. And um, I said, let me call him up on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I called him up on the phone and he hung up on me. And then he started sending me these um, texts. And really, I could have gone to a prosecutor probably, taken him to court. But uh, I prayed about it. And I just felt like the message was just pay him, give him everything the guy wants. And I remember at the time, one of the people in my company that's a Christian, real mild-mannered person, said, you're going to look weak. And I just remember hearing her share that message with me. And I thought to myself, do I care more about looking weak or do I care about honoring the Lord of just seeking peace and pursuing it, turning the other cheek and be done with this? It's God's company. He'll supply the money. I'm not worried about it. Hmm. So I settled. I gave the guy a check for a rather large sum of money. I remember a week later, I got a check from my health insurance company for a check a little larger than that that said I overpaid the previous year's. And they were giving me a refund. Oh my God. I just thought, you know, I was in this situation that was a real test. Was I going to honor the Lord or was I going to fight this guy? Hmm. I grew up fighting in my younger days out in Lorraine. And I said, you know what? With a fighter mentality. And when you follow the Lord, you know, you have to make a decision to honor the one that you're going to follow. Or are you going to go back to your old ways? And I hmm. just made a decision that day to, to try to do the right thing. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. My pride was tested. I struggled with the decision. I seek wisdom from other believers. Um, I tried to take all the proper approaches in doing so. But at the end, you know, I I had peace about my decision. So I would say that's an example of of practicing because in business, there's going to be differences. I push, you shove. And, um, you know, and how do you win once you get into that vicious cycle? You don't. Somebody's got to take the hit. And, uh, you know. So that's an example, I would say, a, a, a relatively newer practical example of something that happened wow. where this person, I had no relationship with them. They didn't know my company. They were off. I decided just to let it go and move on from it. Wow. That is, I would say, extremely uncommon and an, an unbelievable lesson. Wow. And it's funny, you know, one of the first things you mentioned, you know, was that extra payments that you guys stopped receiving on the other end. And, you know, here you are, you know, receiving this blessing, you know, um, kind of to somewhat counterbalance the, that obedience that you demonstrated. I believe it was straight from the Lord. Yeah. Wow, man. What a great story. Thanks for sharing, man. Sure. Well, uh, um, those are some great things. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those out. So, you know, outside of, um, there's some great ways on how we can do that. And, and you, you touched on a lot of things there. You touched on, you know, the fact that, you know, you said it's God's company. Um, you know, what does that mean to you? That's a great question. Cause I think about that all the time. You know, when this COVID first hit, you know, a couple of things happened to us. You know, our business is a third publishing, a third events and a third custom publishing. And when, the governor came out and said, you can't have a public gathering. I mean, that basically put an end to our events business for that time. I mean, it just, everything just stopped flat in its tracks. Mm-hmm. And when people couldn't go to work, unless it was essential workers, we couldn't deliver our magazines uh, into their offices. 
there was no value to the advertiser because people weren't reading the magazines because they weren't going to their offices. So virtually, you know, two thirds of our business was completely, uh, you know, on hold. And I remember just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't able to digest that at first. I went home, I shared with my wife what was going on. And she said, well, you remember you said in 1995, you gave it to the Lord. She goes, just surrender it right now. Just surrender everything right now, Fred. God will guide you one day at a time. You know, the Bible says he's a light to our feet, a lamp to our path. And he's done that over the last six months. You know, basically going through the season of pandemic, you know, we're not in control. We never were in control. Sometimes we think that we're more in control. And um, but I, I think what it means is just to stay surrendered and do the best we can do with what we can do. But realizing that, you know, everything is from him and is his. Uh, we're just temporary down here. We're stewards. We may forget that at times. But, uh, you know, I would say that's how I look at it. It's just it's. Uh, yeah. Just try it's, to do the best I can do with, with what I have here and look at it as more of a steward of it versus the owner of it. Hmm. I uh, I love that. It's a great story. It sounds like you got some amazing uh, intuition at home from from your wife, and the, you know the guidance that you've gotten over the years. I'm sure you know I, has been tremendously helpful to you um, in some of these big decision making. And I, I can attest to that. Same thing here. You know, and when I'm faced with a tough decision, or you know, us navigating our business through through this time with you know the college side of our company, um, it's been been a wild ride. And, you know, having Nancy in my corner is, you know, priceless. So it's a big blessing. Well, well, Fred, thanks for all those stories about, you know, faculty and business. Um, as we kind of just start to uh, close down here, you know, I just wanted to touch on a few more, you know, more things on, you know, your experience on the personal side. But, you know, for you, one of the questions I ask everybody is, is about joy. You know, I always like to know, you know when you see people light up or they just seem joyful. Um, it's been amazing. Some of the answers I've gotten from, from people. And I'm just curious for you, what, you know, what brings you the most joy? That's another great question. You know, I slip in and out of joy, to be honest with you. I, um, you know, they say joy is Jesus, others in yourself. And, you know, when I don't keep things at a 30,000 square foot, 30,000 foot level, and I get down too much into the weeds is when I, is when I lose my joy. Hmm. I, I would say helping people. When I look back over the last 26 years of, of becoming a believer, and um, the times that have brought me the most joy is really when uh, I've been outside of myself helping others serving. Hmm. Um, because a lot of times I've been in a business that's really been uh, in, in a survivor mode for the last 12 years because of publishing, you know, with what's going on with digital, it's required so much of my mental attention. Plus, I have little kids. And so a lot of times I'm in the details. But whenever I can get outside of myself and outside of the details, get with others and put myself in a role of serving uh, is where I found the most joy. Mm. That's awesome. When you say serving, um, what uh, what kind of serving have you found to be uh, you know, meaningful to you? I'd say making myself available for other people. Mm. <laughs> making like right myself now. available <laughs> for other people to meet with. You know, people, yeah. people want time. I mean, that's a... Uh, I read one time that uh, in a book it said, hurry and love are incompatible. Mm. And so, you know, it's it's hard to love if you're in a hurry. And what people really want are time. It's time. And when we can give them our time, it's the same as giving love, which is 
Jesus' greatest commandment, which is to love. Mm. Wow. And I think that's where the, that's why I experienced the, the most joy there is because that's what I'm doing. And when you get so wrapped up in business and so wrapped up in meetings and details and going from thing to thing that we're not leaving time available in the day for, for, for to be used by God, you know, mm -hmm. I find when mm -hmm. I have more time available that um, I have more peace in those days and I have more joy in those days. Yeah, absolutely. More time to, you know, you, you sense something is off with somebody or you can, you can make a difference in somebody and leaving, leaving time in your schedule, leaving margin in your schedule to, to be there for people that right. might, might need you. That's awesome. Um, well, you're in the publishing business. Uh, so I'm, you know, uh, one of the questions I ask is about books, you know, books that have meant, you know, a lot to you, one that you reread, um, or maybe what you're reading now. You know, one of the books that meant a lot to me is, I know you had Tommy Newberry come in and speak to you, mm -hmm. you know, 40 Days to a Joy-Filled Life. Uh, you, you know, that, that book meant a lot to me. Um, just about how to control the thought life. You know, our, our thoughts are like uh, water. Water takes the, our mind is like a, you know how the gutter, the water goes through a gutter and takes the path of least resistance mm -hmm. to drain. That's what thoughts do in our mind. I mean, we form these mental habits. And if we've formed bad habits, those thoughts will go in and they'll come out and uh, they'll manifest themselves a certain way. Well, that book teaches you how to control your thought life. And, um, you know, it, it was a really powerful book for me. I used it. I carried it for uh, on me for, for many months. I bought a lots of those books. I shared them with a lot of different people. And uh, so that book's always meant a lot to me, is that 40 Days to a Joyful Life by Tommy Newberry. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Yeah, it's the one with the big smiley face on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing. That's a good one, too. Um, so, you know, other question I want to ask you was about a life first. You know, some people have, you know, one that is is their life first and some people have maybe just one that you know right now is is meaningful to them is there is there one that you have or one that right now that is real prominent in your life one that i really uh like and i would say i don't know if it's a life verse but it's 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 one of my favorite verses is john fourteen twenty one. it says he who hears my commands and obeys them is the one that loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and i will love him and i will manifest myself to him mm. and what he's saying there is uh, if, if, we, if we obey the Lord, that he'll manifest himself to us, and which means he'll reveal himself to us. And how does he reveal himself to us? Well, one of the big ways he does is through answered prayers. Um, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And um, so the manifestation of answered prayers and seeing God, and that, that's a huge blessing, you know, as far as I'm concerned. We get to that point. That's why I like John 14, 21. Love it. One that one that I know you've shared with me is about abundance too. Um, John ten ten. Yeah, so you're, you must be loving the book of John. Yeah, it's so. a great book. The enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, "I've come to give you life and life more abundantly." Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing. Those are, those are awesome. Well, Fred, um, is there a is there a way that you know people can connect with you or your organization? Is there what's the best way to connect and learn more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, I'd say a couple of things. Number one is, you know, we do a uh, we, we had a weekly men's fellowship meeting uh, that was meeting on a regular basis until the COVID hit about six months ago. So now we broadcast. Uh, if you go to Men's Fellowship Cleveland on YouTube, you can watch okay. weekly broadcasts. 
okay. different people being interviewed every week. Uh, also, um, my company is Smart Business. I could always be found there. You can Google Smart Business and, and look up Fred Corey. And those are a couple of different ways that you'd be able to connect with me either, you know, one-on-one -on -one or you connect with me via the, the studies that we do on a weekly basis, testimonies. Awesome. Yeah, those are, those are great things. I know you're, uh, the, uh, the fellowship that, you know, was meeting, um, I know I actually think, uh, I wanted to thank you for that. Cause it, that was the first time that I had been exposed to Tommy Newberry. I think you had him in to speak at that, um, fellowship and I, you know, what he said, I think I got to sit just randomly and ended up, you know, sitting at the table that he was at. And that's where I met him, I believe. And, um, and that started kind of the journey. And, and he was, um, one of the first, I think he was the first podcast guest that we had on the ISI uh, life. So, so thank you for organizing that. And it's sure. interesting how, how God moves and, you know, how things, uh, come together like that. So, well, Fred, I appreciate you being on here and just appreciate, you know, everything you're doing in, in the marketplace. And, you, you know, you've made a huge influence on, on me personally, you know, my family, you know, my dad, brother, um, my business partner, you know, just so many people, you know, your, your ripple effect of your obedience has, has made a huge difference. So I just want to take that time to honor you and thank you for, thank you for that. Well, Nick, thank you for those kind words. And I'd be remiss to say that. Uh, how I feel about your family as well and your father. I really look up to your father, and I think he's a, just a wonderful uh, person, and uh, you can just see the Holy Spirit in him when you look at him. Yeah, he's a good dude. Well, uh, Fred, would you be open to just closing us in a word of prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for uh, Nick and I getting together this morning, and uh, you said when two or more are gathered in your name, there you'd be amongst us. We know that you're with us this morning, Lord. I pray for any of the listeners uh, of this program that uh, that they would come out differently, Lord. That maybe they could take away something that was said today, Lord Jesus, that was um, that was of you. And uh, just thank you for our time together. And I pray for a blessed day, In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. This is our first recap of the conversation. What a powerful, powerful talk with Fred. So much wisdom. Just wanted to take a minute or two here and just recap some of the things that, that really stood out to me from our conversation. And again, I'd love to know what you got from this conversation. So if you can connect with us um, at the ISI Life or on the Facebook page, uh, the ISI Life, and just kind of start to share some comments about what you took away. We'd love to know those things. But for me, you know, a couple things. Um, asked him about success in business, and uh, he, he backed up a second, and he said, you know, it really starts at home, putting your top button on before you leave the house. And before he leaves the house, making that intentional time with his wife, who obviously has been instrumental in his decision-making over time, to spend that five to five minutes 30 minutes, whatever you can do to just kind of get calibrated with, you know, your, your better half. Um, that was important. Um, second thing he touched on that I stood out on was just the power of mentors. He's had, he mentioned Tony CPO and John Murtha being two guys that he consistently went to over time that gave him godly advice. Um, and that we've talked about having uh, wisdom and mentors that are giving you, you know, Christ centered approach on your decision making. Very powerful. And the next big thing that stood out to me was when he talked about it's God's company. And he mentioned that, and we talked a little bit about that, but just the fact that it's not ours, um, the fact that, you know, God owns our business. He gave us the idea for that business. He governs it all. You know, we're just temporary stewards of it. 
And that is very powerful. It reminds me of um, a talk that I heard from a guy named Ken Blanchard. And he said, you know, business and life is really like the game of Monopoly. At the end of the day, no matter what happens, it all goes back in the box. And you put the box on the shelf. And so, um, although we may feel like we own it, really at the end of the day, um, it's God's company. Another thing that really, really jumped out to me was hurry and love are incompatible. The fact that time equals love and that that stood out to me, you know, going back to the intentional thing, or am I leaving enough time in my calendar to jump on opportunities where I think I can help people come alongside, pray for them, be for them, take them out to lunch, um, just be able to have time for the people in my company, for my family, um, because if we're hurried, you know, it's just going to rob us of that joy. Um, and then joy, he gave an awesome acronym I've never heard before. Jesus, others, and yourself. Really cool. And for him, he finds joy in serving. And I think that's really powerful. And I'd love to know where you find joy and where you light up and where you are your best. So that was awesome. Um, so that those are some of the main highlights. There's a lot more in there. Hope you enjoyed the talk. Just wanted to touch on a few things. Just so everybody knows, if you go to the ISILife.com, that's our website where you can find out about the different events we have taken place virtually and in person. You can see all former episodes. You can learn more about um, our five F's and just some key scripture verses that could you know, help you and some real life examples. There's also some free eBooks that you can download from some of our speakers who have uh, been with us before things that you might find helpful. You just check it out online, download it right there. And, you know, as we build out the ISI life, our, our goal is to equip you to put faith at the center of everything you do and to find success in your faith, in your faculty, in your family, in your finances and in your fitness. So until next time, stay sharp, everybody.